Welcome to the Living the Dream Podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball Podcast, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. And today we're going to be talking about physical and mental symptoms such as stress and pain, as I am joined by family sports and medicine physician and author, David Schechter. David says he knows through his mind and body workbook how to help people journal to remove stress. And he talks about how stress is connected to symptoms such as pain and persistent symptoms such as chronic pain. So, David, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Curtis. Why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm a medical doctor, uh, and I'm very interested, obviously, in, in physical illnesses and diseases and things like that, sports medicine. But I have a niche where I work with people with symptoms that have not been easily removed by other practitioners, perhaps not even easily diagnosed. It could be back pain, it could be headaches, it could be other symptoms that persist and there's not a clear cause and, and none of the treatments have worked. And what I do is I sit down and I really listen to people and I, and I take a very detailed history about, about their life, about their childhood, about the stress that they're going under at that particular point in time, about their personality type. And through the course of this interview and obviously examining them, reviewing their records or imaging, I often come to the conclusion that a different approach is needed, that we need to focus more on the mental health, the mind-body connection, and the stress management, rather than relying on injections and surgeries and medications and things like that. Well, tell us how you got started in your niche. What, what, what got you started in, in that's a, doing That's a very good like question. That. I was a medical student. I was about 21 years of age. I had uh, liked to play basketball and run as a recreation. First year of med school is pretty stressful. A lot of classes, a lot of memorization. And I was having this knee pain that just wouldn't go away. So I went to the student health. I went, they referred me to an orthopedist who was a big name. I think he took care of the New York Yankees at the time. And despite all these examinations and strengthening my legs and doing the things you're supposed to do for knee pain that didn't have a, a clear cause, um, pain persisted. So I walked into the office of a doctor at NYU's Rusk Institute, a rehabilitation medicine doctor who had lectured to us during the anatomy program. And his name was John Sarno. And I told him my story and he said, he looked at me and he said, 95% of chronic pain is psychosomatic. And it was like getting hit with a lightning bolt. I wasn't really expecting that kind of a, a diagnosis or an impression, psychosomatic meaning mind-body or meaning uh, potentially caused by emotions and the brain and, and, and stress. And so I went to his seminar that he invited me to, and he laid out this program and this approach to about 40 patients that were in the room, including myself. And it just made a tremendous amount of sense to me, given uh, my own personality, given the stress of med school and other factors that he elucidated. And so I went home that day, sat down on my bed, and I felt like a weight was lifting off of my shoulders. And that weight was the worry 
about what was wrong with me and would I be able to return to basketball and running and things that I enjoyed. Subsequent to that, uh, my knee pain and uh, when it went away, I was able to start jogging and then eventually get back into basketball and live a normal life. About a year later, I was able to get a research grant and I spent the entire summer with Dr. Sarno calling up patients of his that he had treated with this approach. And I kept hearing the same types of almost miraculous stories over and over again from people for whom he had made this diagnosis that he called TMS, tension myoneural syndrome. And so that, that, that data from that study was put in one of his books. And subsequently I moved out to the West Coast and Los Angeles, finished up my residency program and started to practice eventually. And he started referring me a few people because there weren't that many doctors in the whole country who really knew this approach so well. And since then I have developed my own program and and done seminars and recorded them and created audio programs and uh, courses and books and uh, been just treating literally 4,000 patients over the last 27 years using this approach with very impressive results. So that's how it started and that's how it's proceeded. So tell us what tension myonaural syndrome is. That was going to be my next question. Well, tension myoneural syndrome or TMS is a way of looking at chronic pain, often back pain, but it could be other conditions as well, headaches, sometimes stomach aches, uh, neck pain, uh, other types of discomfort. It's a way of looking at it that focuses on tension. And typically there's muscle spasms or tension as well, not always. So that's where the myo or, or myoneural comes from. Syndrome means there can be a lot of different symptoms. Pain is often the most common one, but there can be other symptoms, tingling, numbness, et cetera. And so it's, it's kind of a different way of looking at things. Instead of, let's say you have a patient who has a small disc bulge at age 45. Well, a lot of patients have a small disc bulge at age 45, may not have anything to do with their pain at all. It's been shown in studies that people with no symptoms at all at age 45 are very commonly have a disc bulge. So I try to look again more deeply at the psychosocial, at the psychological and at the social situation the patient's in, stress. And so that's when I can make a diagnosis of TMS. Uh, I look at personality type. We call it a type T personality. Maybe this, uh, this certainly applied to me. Maybe it applies to some of your listeners. Type T is someone who's very hard on themselves, could be perfectionistic a little bit. Uh, people pleaser, sensitive to criticism and how others perceive them, very responsible, and sometimes a goodist, somebody who wants to change things for the better, but gets frustrated at how slow change actually occurs. So somebody with many of those personality characteristics puts a lot of pressure on themselves, and that pressure can manifest as physical symptoms as well as uh, mental stress and strain. So after you diagnose a person with TMS, tell us about their treatment program and the role that writing and journaling plays in the treating treatment program. A absolutely, Curtis. Well, first of all, the treatment begins with the diagnosis, because once I'm telling you that there really isn't anything structurally or biomechanically or biomedically wrong, uh, I'm, I'm telling you there's a different way of looking at it. It's not imaginary. It's real pain or real symptoms. But it starts with that education. So Sarno would say to me, education is the penicillin for this condition. So teaching, learning, reading a book, 
Uh, one of the elements of the program that we use is journaling. So you had asked about that. Journaling is writing for 10 or 15 minutes a day about your feelings, not about what happened that day. So you don't say I went to the supermarket, but you might say, I got frustrated and upset at the checkout stand at the supermarket because somebody was rude to me. And here's how I felt. And this reminds me of how, you know, Uncle Joe used to treat me as a kid. And so you start associating, free associating, and a lot of emotional stuff can come up when you write, when you journal. And it's a systematic thing. You try to write for 10 or 15 minutes a day, most days of the week. Since many patients struggled to write in a completely blank notebook, about 20 years ago, I wrote a book called The Mind-Body Workbook that still is quite popular. It's a structured journal. It gives you 30 days worth of questions, worth of prompts that you kind of respond to and write about so that you have a structure to uh, kind of analyzing yourself. It's sort of self-psychotherapy. And so journaling is one thing that we use. Education, you know, reading, reading books on this subject, uh, there's also videos and podcasts like this one could be used as an educational piece of the puzzle for people. I have an online course I've developed. Sometimes we get people into individual psychotherapy, or sometimes we have groups that we do where there's a psychologist, myself, and six or eight patients meeting to talk about uh, the obstacles, the pressures, you know, how people are coping with things. And that can be very effective as well. So it's a completely changes it from focusing on the body to focusing on the psychology and the emotions. So tell us about some of the success stories that you've heard about from some of your patients that went through this method. Well, there's this Fortunately, there's a lot of them. Um, you know, I've had people that uh, were very serious musicians or professional musicians who just developed arm pain maybe from the stress of uh, performing and things. And uh, they, they uh, violin, you know, you have to use your arms. So, you know, we work with them on this model. Sometimes they did a little bit of therapy, journaling, reading. And over the course of a couple of months, I've had these professional musicians able to go back to playing their instrument without pain. And so that, that was a dramatic success. Um, I've, had, uh, I've had, I had one man who said to me, my son is 17 years old and he's never seen me run. And I said, well, you mean like running a long distance? He said, no, I'm, I don't even run 15 feet because I'm, I'm afraid to run because I, I have a bad back and I'm, I'm convinced it's going to make me worse. So when after I, he came in to be examined and I reviewed his history, um, I said to him, you know, your, your back is okay. There's really nothing seriously wrong with your back and there's no reason why you couldn't walk or even jog a little bit and he came back about a month later and he said to me my son and i jogged about a half a mile three quarters of a mile together and it was unbelievably exciting to me because i haven't done it in 20 years so that type of you know that really warms the heart i mean uh people making these types of recoveries the difference is that it's not just me doing it right it's a team effort it's about empowering a patient to get better rather than fixing them with a pill or a shot or referring them to surgery. I don't do surgery myself. And so it's, uh, it's, a, it's a making the patient, uh, guiding the patient on the healing journey and empowering them to start living their life again. Because people get people with chronic symptoms, chronic pain, just get stuck in a, in a very limited life, very limited way of being. 
I'm sure people in your audience who have this problem uh, can relate to that. Speaking of the audience, how can people learn more about this method? Well, I can recommend the, the website that I have, which is mindbodymedicine.com, just a string of words, mindbodymedicine.com. If you uh, are an Amazon customer, I mentioned my workbook. It's called The Mind Body Workbook by David Schechter. I also have a book called Think Away Your Pain. If you have a friend who speaks Spanish, we have a Spanish version of that book as well. We even have a mini workbook for teenagers because I'm, I want to bring this into the schools and start exposing younger people to journaling and other techniques about stress so that they don't develop the stress when they get older. Uh, so the website is good. There's also, um, we, I'm part of a nonprofit that is advocating for this work nationally. And the, abbreviate, the abbreviation that they use is PPD, Psychophysiologic Disorders, but you can just do ppdassociation.org. And that's another website that has great information on it and uh, classes and things. So I think if you start with those websites, and potentially a book, you could learn more about this, or maybe you have a friend or a family member who's been suffering from pain for a long period of time, or other difficult to explain or difficult to diagnose conditions, and it may be worth them reading it. I find that sometimes people are not initially open to it, and they might get a book from a friend or a gift, and then maybe they put it aside. Maybe a few months later, they pick up the book, and suddenly it seems much more relevant, much more interesting to them, and they, they read the book and they, they connect to it. And then they're seeking out help. So there are doctors in a number of cities, not every city, who, who, who have followed uh, this work and, and developed these uh, techniques. And I also am able to do telehealth now, telemedicine, in about 43 states um, at this point. So it's not as good as being in person, but it's the next best thing. So I'm able to uh, examine people, so to speak, uh, talk to them review their histories and imaging and things um, for online consultations uh, by contacting my office through that website. Um, you, can, uh, you can potentially schedule an appointment for that. I do accept many of the major PPO insurances. Uh, but this is, this is a way, it's a, it's a different way of thinking. It's a different way of thinking about things because naturally, if your back hurts, you think there's something wrong with your back. But a, an orthopedic surgeon that I um, work with, who has kind of converted partially, at least to this approach, he says, chronic back pain is more of a brain than a back disorder, uh, which means that your back is actually healthy, although it hurts, but your nervous system has retained the signals for pain perhaps from an injury or just perhaps from the buildup of muscle tension and stress. And so it's the nervous system that has to change with journaling and with education and with just changing your attitude and belief uh, system. So another thing we use is affirmations. These are simple phrases you repeat to yourself to kind of change your attitude about your pain. So that's another approach we use. Another way for listeners to find out more information about your method is through your movie that you're in uh, regarding pain. So tell us about that. Yeah. So there was a movie uh, made about five years ago 
by a director who himself had chronic pain and he saw uh, Dr. Sarno toward the end of his career. And he came out to interview me and, and some other people in Los Angeles. And so I, I do make an appearance in that movie. It's called All the Rage. All the Rage. And you can stream that movie on Amazon Prime or Vimeo. You know, it tells the story through this one person's experience. And then there's some interviewing at the end of me and some other doctors. Also a couple of um, celebrities who were treated by Dr. Sarno earlier. Larry David appears in the movie, Howard Stern. Uh, both of them had success with this approach, working with Dr. Sarno during his uh, career. So if you like a movie, that's a good one. Um, thanks for mentioning that. So in your opinion, tell us what you feel is missing in healthcare and how you feel like you can fill the gap with what you're doing. What's missing in healthcare is the doctor really listening to the patient, taking the time to get to know the patient, not just their body, but the entirety of the patient's human existence, human experience, because health is not just about your blood pressure and your weight, although those are important. It's also about your happiness. It's also about your stress. It's also about your frustrations. It's also about your childhood traumas that have not yet been fully processed or exposed. And so I think the problem with healthcare is we have a very biomedical model instead of a biopsychosocial model. And that's something that I was convinced of very early in my career. And I've been fortunate to be able to work with patients who are open to a more expanded biopsychosocial model. And we get great results from people who are willing to look at their health in this broader perspective. Do you have any current or upcoming projects that you're working on that people need to know about? I'm trying to get a curriculum and this is a, this is a free effort, not a business effort. I'm trying to do this pro bono. I'm trying to get a curriculum for middle school, high school students where they get a little bit of exposure during health education classes to stress, um, managing and balancing stress, understanding how emotions affect you both mentally and physically, and a little, <clears throat> a little bit of a teen, teenage workbook as well in this program so they can learn to journal. So that's a project that I'm working on. I've also been working with a company called Menda, M-E-N-D-A, Menda.Health. And these, uh, these are people, it was founded by two uh, young men who have uh, successfully been treated for chronic pain and they developed an app and now they've developed an online program for people uh, who can go to uh, group classes, group, uh, group, group treatment. And the, they're getting some good results. I've been consulting with them on the program. We've presented their program to a couple of hospitals, including Mount Sinai Hospital in New York. And there's interest in uh, bringing this into some of the hospitals, which is basically their doctors would uh, diagnose TMS, if you will, or PPD, and then refer people to the MENDA program since they're not experts at treating the condition in their own practices. So that's another project that I'm working on, MENDA.health. 
and the the school curriculum as well. So close us out with some final thoughts. Maybe it's something that I didn't touch on that you would like to talk about or any final thoughts that you have for the listeners. I ask the listeners, if you are suffering from chronic symptoms, especially chronic pain, if you've not had a clear diagnosis or treatment that's been effective for you long-term, be open. Just be open to the possibility that the mind, brain, and emotions might be playing more of a role than you perhaps initially realized or, than, or that your doctors realized. And the, the way to be open to that is then to read or listen to something, either watch the movie, go on the website I mentioned, mindbodymedicine.com, read a book in this, in this field. And uh, you may be surprised in that you, you may get an answer that you were looking for, but didn't realize you'd find it in this particular place. Good luck to you. Good luck, ladies and gentlemen. Go to mindbodymedicine.com. Pick up Dr. Schechter's books. And, you know, if you need him, hit him up for some telehealth. And be sure to follow, rate, review, share this episode to as many people as possible, especially those who are dealing with stress and pain in their lives. Maybe Dr. Schechter can help them out. Dr. Schechter, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Curtis. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.